Welcome to Behind the Standards with United Rentals. This is the podcast where we talk about safety, typically trench excavation and combined space safety, but also other topics that deal with general job site safety as well. I am Rick Plosinski, Customer Training Specialist, and with me is Craig Mortz of CSM Mechanical. Craig, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, Rich, first of all, I want to thank you for uh, letting me come on here and talk about safety and uh, that, and uh, especially with you guys, you're an integral part of uh, of what we do. But a little bit about CSM Mechanical. I uh, um, started in the trades out of high school as a pipe fitter, um, came uh, through as a certified welder. I've had the opportunity to weld uh, not only in country, out of country as well. And uh, in 2007, I started my own mechanical contracting business. Uh, large commercial industrial, and, uh, and and since then we've grown into uh, a fairly substantial um, organization within uh, a, a four to five state Midwest region. So we employ currently forty pipe fitters and plumbers, and uh, yeah, we love what we do. That's awesome! Great, thank you, Craig. Now our goal is to give you the tools to help keep yourself and your coworkers safe on construction sites through discussions on various safety topics. And today we're going to dive into how a smaller company creates and maintains a top-notch safety culture. And Craig, can you give us a little bit of background and what shaped your attitudes towards safety? I think early on, my uh, my father was a very large mechanical contracting uh, contractor. And I think early on, safety was instilled in me not so much in, in being safe, but, but safety was taking care of your people. And it was a different mindset than most have. It was a, it was a mindset that dad instilled, instilled in me to, you know, you take care of your people and your people will take care of you. So um, that's, that's basically the impetus that uh, I carry today. It's the mindset that I carry uh, throughout the organization. It's the mindset I expect my people to carry. And um, and that and that's what has led us led us to the culture um, within the organization for safety. So, what challenges did you have in establishing that safety culture? I mean, obviously, since you started your own organization, you had that from the very beginning. But certainly, there had to have been some challenges as far as just making sure that not only people understand, you know, people coming into the organization understand your safety culture, but how to maintain that culture. Yeah, I think um, some of the challenges that we're faced with today are, are very similar to the challenges that I, that I faced early on. Um, you know, we have challenges with complacency, uh, just employee complacency. You do things uh, rep repetitiously and you do them over and over and over. And, and, and maybe you think you can cut a corner here or cut a corner there and nobody's going to know. And this is going to be safe at the end of the day. And, and so complacency is a constant battle that, that we run into, constant challenge, I should say. Another one would be differing personalities. I mean, we have personalities um, from a skilled trades standpoint. We have personalities that are young. We have personalities that are old. And, and you know the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks and blah, blah, blah. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink and, and all of those things. And I think that Massaging those personalities uh, helps to develop a better safety culture within our organization, understanding those personalities as opposed to painting everybody with one broad stroke. Um, so that, that's obviously a challenge that we recognize and we deal with on a regular basis. The other thing is, is in today's day and age, everybody's busy. You're busy. I'm busy. 
my employees are busy. They have other things on their minds. Encouraging them just to be patient. Be patient with safety. Be patient when you're driving down the road. Just encouraging patience in general is, is, is one of our challenges. As a contractor, uh, we tell the guys, hey, I want eight hours pay for eight hours work, right? And, and, but just, just encouraging to be patient. Just be patient. Think about it and, and, and think it through. And at the end of the day, we're going to be more efficient. We're going to be more effective. And we're going to be more safe. Taking a pause and taking a look around and seeing what's around you and doing your hazard 360 awareness and just making sure that you are understanding what is around you can really be a big difference as far as staying safe or really starting to cause you to have, cause yourself to have an issue. The, the biggest thing we see is we do a ton of work with the automotives and my guys go into the same plants and they know the same people and they build up personal relationships. And, and again, I, I talk about that complacency is I, I have to reaffirm them all the time. Listen, I know you get along great with Joe Smith and Joe Smith will probably let you cut corners and you've probably done this 50 times before and it's never resulted in any issues. But the one time you do and there's a problem and we got a big problem because you cut a corner or you did something you weren't supposed to do. And Joe Smith, who's your best friend, might not stick up for you in that occasion. Worse yet, somebody gets hurt. So um, we just we just have to keep that at the forefront of all of our discussions on a regular basis. And when we're talking about keeping that to the forefront and talking about safety communication to employees, and you alluded to it a little bit, you really have, there is a different message that you need to bring when you're talking about speaking with new employees about safety and experienced employees yeah. about safety. Exactly. And, you know, I wrote down, it's, it's funny because new employees are going to get their safety culture from management. but I can only do so much. My director of operations can only do so much. Eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, that new employee is in the field with a more experienced employee. So they're going to get a majority of that safety culture from that ex experienced employee. But what's ironic and what we find as well is that because we have such a dynamic safety culture, my experienced employees can also receive training, education from the younger employees, a different vision, a different set of eyes that says, hey, why are we doing it this way? Why don't we do it that way? And, and so it's a nice dynamic to know if you're an employee and you're not going to be criticized, you're not going to be chastised, you're, you're open and amenable to other ideas with the end game of being safe and maintaining an incredible culture within the organization, and there's no one's going to look down on you for taking advice of a younger employee. It works out really cool that my new employees help my old employees, my old employees help my new employees, and management helps everybody. So it's a, it's really a dy I call it dynamic because it is. There's no one person. Just because you're a foreman on the job doesn't mean that you can't get safety advice from a younger employee. In other words, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. But I think, Rich, what's, what's so important about that as we get employees that are older is encouraging those employees that it's okay to listen to other ideas and nobody's going to 
No, I'm not going to take your money away. I'm not going to take your truck away. You're not going to get demoted because you're the foreman on the job and you listen to safety from a guy that's been there a year and just may happen to have a good idea about what to do. When you encourage that kind of dynamic culture, we see that it gives everybody an opportunity for an involvement. Look, we're all human. And a lot of us get tunnel vision. And when we get tunnel vision, we just think that there might, this is the best way. I've tried several other ways. This is the best way to do it. When you have a type of culture that does encourage the conversation and the communication among all of your employees, then you might widen that scope a little bit more. You might actually see some of the other ideas that people are bringing to it. And you might go, you know what? Maybe there is a better way of doing this. Why don't we give it a shot? I can't really poke any holes in it. So let's see what's what. If you establish that from the very beginning, you don't have to worry about people being threatened or feel threatened or like they're going to be promoted or demoted by somebody else. And all of it, all of it is about keeping people safe so that they can go home to their loved ones every day. What other types of resources to get prepared for maybe the next job or the next quarter or the next month or the, even the next week? Here's how I look at resources. When it comes to safety, we want our people to go home. We want our people to be safe and we want them to go home to their families and we want them to be happy about their jobs. I was brought up in an environment, like I told you before, that where safety was instilled at me in an early age. You and I can say that there's, a, as a contractor, that there is a tangible cost for safety. But my dad instilled in me that there's no cost for safety. You can't, you can't put a number on that. And so from an early age, my dad taught me that you buy the best equipment that you can buy. At the end of the day, when you go home, you jump in a car, a truck, and you buy the best car and the best truck that is uh, suitable for your needs. And you feel comfortable, you feel confident, you feel secure in driving that car or truck home. It's the same with safety equipment. I spend an enormous amount of money in resources, not only training, but equipment. We want the best of the best. We want the best harnesses and the best confined space equipment because you're only going to get one chance at this. And as complicated as the safety event is, you're only going to get one chance. And when an employee feels that a contractor has his back and you have the latest and greatest gas detection equipment and the latest and greatest full body harnesses with the padding and, and the uh, uh, shock absorbing lanyards and they're not uncomfortable and they're not restrictive and they're sized right and all those things that come into play, it's like going to work with the wrong pair of pants on. If they don't fit, you're going to be miserable all day long. And if it's a pair of pants, you're going to be like, dude, I'm so sick of these pair of pants. And do you think you're going to wear them again tomorrow? Probably not. And so we spend an enormous amount of money on getting the right equipment, the best equipment, so that my employees feel confident, so that they feel secure in the fact that the gear that they're attaching their life to is the best that we got. Yeah. And in our conversation about this topic, you know, you had said being safe is less expensive than not. Even if you're buying the best of the best, it's still less expensive than not being safe. Absolutely. And I mean, that, that comes down into, as a, as a contractor, cost considerations. We just finished a, a very large project for a wastewater municipality. 
And it was very involved. There was a lot of on-site rescue. We were dealing with hydrogen sulfide and confined spaces at a very deep level, 100 feet below ground and things of that nature. And so safety was just was paramount. And everybody gets to go home safe. And there's no issues. There's no accidents. There's no lost tools. I dropped this 100 feet below ground. I, hey, I broke this. I broke that. Safety is really a whole lot less expensive than the alternatives. So just kind of continuing on with that thought, you know, changing job site conditions really can add cost to it. And to plan for changing job site conditions, sometimes there just is no planning. So how do you kind of respond to some of those things from a safety standpoint? Yeah, again, that goes back to what we talked about earlier. One of the challenges in in the safety culture is just telling the guys, listen, be patient. Open your eyes. If things change, it's okay. We have the capability, we have the technology, we have the resources, just be patient, let's reevaluate, reassess, and then remobilize and go after it. I literally, hands down, I have 40 employees, I have 40 of the greatest employees one could ever ask for. I think of every single one of them as a family member, and I, that's all I just instill in them. Listen, I'm not going to browbeat you over a 30-minute delay because you reassessed a condition that changed and we have to and we have to change our safety development that's just the biggest concern you know there's an old saying integrity is doing the right thing when no one's watching safety is the same way it's doing the right thing when nobody's watching it's doing the right thing for your employees regardless of the cost and just being patient with that when we were talking about being patient and i remember back in 1990 it used to be just you got on site, you grabbed your tools, and you got to work. That's what it was. That all has changed dramatically since then, right? Now we're having pre-job huddles every day, and we're talking about safety, and we're having safety topics once a week, or at the very least once a week, sometimes even once a day or even monthly at the very latest. So there's a lot of things that are actually happening nowadays than they were. And again, it just continues talking about how not only company culture has changed, but how overall culture changed towards safety. You know, Rich, you bring up a great topic about the overall culture and you and I eat and breathe and live this every day. And, you know, there are companies out there that we all work for, big automotives and and, and things of that nature that go absolutely crazy with safety, almost to where it makes it impossible to do the job. And Along the same lines with patients, I tell my guys, listen, please understand the customer's desires, have patience with those desires, and by all means, use common sense. Those are, are I think, what dovetail into our team's planning for safety, our team's efforts when it comes to figuring out a certain safety scenario. Let's understand the customer's needs and then move forward. You talk about the automotives that you work for, and I know from firsthand experience that working with the automotives, you have to have a safety score, if you will, in order to be able to actually work with some of those. So in the contracting business, we have what's called an EMR, and that's an employee modification rate. And that that modification rate is used by insurance companies, our bonding companies, people that look at other organization, not only from a financial standpoint, but also from a safety standpoint. And they look at that EMR and everybody who starts a business, 
starts out in an EMR of one. And that is your multiplier for your general liability or for your insurance, your workers' comp insurance. As you do well, as you perform well, as you have no safety incidences, as you have no employee injuries, that EMR rate goes down on an annual basis. And to drive that EMR down, we use things such as culture, such as training, such as you know having the best equipment, such as team huddles on the job site, job-specific training. It's so important as a culture to our business that years ago when I started my business, I started a business and I created seven summits. I'm an avid outdoorsman and there are seven peaks in the world that are climbable. They're called the seven summits, Mount Everest being the largest. These are summits that if you summit the seven summits, you summit the seven highest peaks in the world. Basically, it's a bucket list for anybody mountaineering. Well, being an avid outdoorsman, I took those seven summits and I created the seven summits for my business. And most people would think that those seven summits are, okay, what's your largest contract? What's your largest year-end revenue? What's your highest profitability? What's your biggest quarter in sales? Those are annual goals. Those are lofty goals to reach. The number one summit, Mount Everest in my corporation, is our safety record, our EMR, and how many days we have gone without a recordable or trackable incident. And it's been over three and a half years since we've had even a fingernail cut. So we take a lot of pride in that. It's got a clock and it tracks it by the second. And it is the number one summit. You come into my office, come into my, my office, there's a great big flat screen TV. And when the seven summits come up, the very first summit is last recordable injury. So, so it's important. It's something that we believe in. There's no BS. We talk to talk. We walk the same walk. Those summits, that, that one big summit that you're talking about, that will help you win jobs. That EMR number, the lower it can be, the better off it is. And your customers are looking at that. They're selecting their vendors based on their safety records. Absolutely. And, and, and your insurance companies, you know, everybody has, listen, it's, it's, a, it's an expensive cost. And when you deal with insurance companies and, and, you know, we all deal with insurance insurances in one way, shape or another, whether it's your homeowner's insurance or your automobile insurance or, or our business insurance, you know, you want to negotiate with somebody. And when you can show them an EMR in the point sixes, and then they come in and they're like, oh my gosh, whatever you guys are doing on your workers' comp or your safety, I mean, you guys have got it going on. So, and they see that. And so you get the benefit of that as well. So not only is it for customers, but it's also for, you know, cost savings as well. And you talked a little bit about common sense and education, and that's really how you need to balance workplace productivity and safety, really. You can be the safest business in the world, but if you're not getting the job done, well, then you don't really have a whole lot of jobs to go to to be safe at. So how do you balance productivity and safety? I ask the guys to use your head. Think outside the box. I tell them all the time. Uh, I tell the guys that have been with me six months or the guys that have been with me 10 years, you're a leader in this organization. At any one point, you can stop. You can ask questions. If you feel unsafe, if you feel that there's an issue, if you feel that there's a concern, you can address that, right? And if the foreman on the job site doesn't address that with you, you pick up the phone and you call the owner. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I want to hear from you. And so 
common sense and education, letting them know that they're a leader, letting them know that they're not going to be looked down on because they have a safety concern or, or, or something like that. As long as it doesn't turn into a personality conflict, I'm, I'm 100% perfect. So common sense is the biggest thing. Education is the second. You know, patience is third. You said that you had 40 people working for you and you've had very, very low turnover. Do you think your safety culture is part of your ability to retain those employees? Absolutely. Couldn't agree with that um, statement more. When your employees, and, and I think it goes deeper as a contractor, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Uh, four or five years ago, my wife introduced me to a lady, Marsha Reynolds, and it was a book about emotional intelligence and, and, and how to operate an organization uh, whether you're five people or 5,000 people. And Marsha Reynolds, we actually had brought her in. But it, it's amazing. When you start to develop culture and your employees feel like they're part of the equation as opposed to just a number in the equation, it, it's incredible how rewarding that is. I've been in business 30 years. I started my own business in 2007 in probably one of the worst economies ever. You know, everybody thought I was crazy. Here we sit today. I have eight companies in five states. We're partnered with you guys doing all of our safety stuff. And, and my primary company has 40 pipe fitters and plumbers. Uh, the fact of the matter is I've only had three people ever leave this organization. Two of those people quit and one was fired because of a safety violation. We don't have an attrition rate. We don't have a problem finding employees. We don't have a problem retaining employees because we make them part of the equation. We make them. They're not a number to me. They're a father, a brother, a son, a mother, a daughter, a, a sister. They're part of the equation. And, and we make sure that their input is vital to the culture of this organization going forward. And safety is a big part of that. And, and we alluded to that earlier. If you're going to bring a safety concern to me, why, why would I ever yell at an employee or, or discourage an employee for bringing a safety concern to me if they think that there's something unsafe or they feel they're unsafe? Like it would make no sense to me. So when you have that culture and they feel part of the equation, they feel wanted, they feel loved, they feel that they can provide input at any point along this job. Absolutely. It's about retaining employees and word of mouth. We get new employees all the time. Uh, in today's day and age, 2021, everybody's complaining about can't find help, can't find people. I got to be honest with you, I have a waiting list. I have a waiting list because of our culture, because of our safety, because people feel wanted, because people feel loved, because people feel that we, we take an active role in supporting them, making them a better individual, making them a better human. And our final message is that we give back. The more you take care of them, the more they will take care of you. And it's mutually beneficial for everybody. This has been Behind the Standards with United Rentals. Should you have any questions about this topic or have suggestions about other topics you'd like discussed, feel free to send us an email to urtspodcast at ur.com. For more information about training or other job site resources, go to trendsafetyevents.com. Again, Craig, I want to thank you for joining me today, bringing your knowledge and experience to this really crucial topic. And on behalf of myself and United Rentals, thank you all for listening. Have a great day and stay safe.